After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hey everyone, another Baseball America Playoff Podcast, JJ and Kyle. We thought we were going to have John on here, but John was on a plane during the game last night, and so I can't. I, it is fair on his part to say that he really can't contribute if he unfortunately is having to catch up on the game. So, uh, so sorry we're not going to have John on here today, but wow. Wow, wow, wow. We're going to dive in. To be honest, we're going to talk more about Game 2 than looking ahead to Game 3. I'm sure we'll get to that, but it's... You can't not just talk, enjoy, and really kind of dive into that game because that was it was special. I mean, you know, it was. Before we do that, though, I do want to remind you: we thank you for tuning in, and our podcast is sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. Shop now at baseballism.com and enter the offer code BASHIP. That's B-A-S-H-I-P to receive free shipping on your order. Visit baseballism.com to shop for hats, shirts, and more today. So Kyle, <laughs> beyond the fact that uh, you know we didn't get a you know I, I, hey if you want to go four hours and that's why we're going to go four hours that's the way to do it. There's no question about it. Um, first of all, I think you know before we get into where the mistakes were and really breaking down, keep in mind that as we discuss maybe where the Dodgers may or may not have made a crucial mistake, at least in my eyes, give the Astros a tremendous amount of credit. This mm-hmm. team went out against the best bullpen in baseball and torched them down, I mean, fighting for their lives. Because if you go back down to Houston, 0-2, having lost your games at Keiklin, Verlander started, we talked about it yesterday, you're in a really bad spot. And we saw Marwin Gonzalez, Carlos Correa, uh, Jose Altuve, all these guys who were all-stars and who were the guys that the Astros knew they were going to have to lean on because they leaned on them all year. They came up big in big moments, and you just give a tremendous amount of credit to the Astros and their hitters for coming out and getting the job done late in really unfavorable situations given on the road, night is fall, and even though the ball was traveling a little further than usual because of the heat, you still, none, none of those were cheap shots. I mean, they really, really, you have to give them a tremendous amount of credit. And look, the Astros, ha- ha- again, I, I try to shy away from the, this is a must-win game, like, to some degree they all are at this point, and to some degree people get way too hyperbolic with that, but... They needed to come up with big hits and big moments, and they got them. And that's just a testament and a credit to the players. It really is. And so let's start with, okay, again, baseball in 2017 is is a situation where Justin Verlander can be absolutely dominating. And then 
a couple of pitches later, he can be on the hook. And, and to a degree, look, you can't make many mistakes to major league hitters, particularly offenses that are World Series caliber clubs. So to some degree, there's always been some truth to that, but there's no question. I think that line is even thinner now considering how the ball flies and what before might have been a mistake you, you could get away with because if he mishits it, the ball might fall off the track and you kind of go, whew, all right, now that ball goes that extra 10, 15 feet and instead of escaping with a one nothing lead, you're down 3-1 after a bad pitch. Yeah, I mean that is the you know that is the the situation now. And then in the post in the in the you know for the bullpens it was something where two bad pitches and all of a sudden the game's over and then it's not over again and then the game's over. But so you did though before we started this, and I don't even know where you're going with this, but you're like you know I I have some thoughts and so think away. So my biggest thing, and for me, really what set the tone for how the rest of the game played out, and what kind of set the stage for. It, happened way back in the middle innings with the decision to pull Rich Hill. Now, the Dodgers have done, I feel like, an excellent job with knowing when to pull their pitchers, bullpen management, throughout not just the playoffs, but really the entire season. This was a mistake, though, and here's my biggest thing. Rich Hill's a pitcher who made who pitched into the third time through an order 22 of his 25 starts this season. His third time through an order, opponents hit 158, 208, 200. That was his Best time through an order. Better than his first time, better than his second time. This was a guy who was strongest his third time through an order. Now, it had been one thing if, you know, it's four innings, but it was a laborious four innings. You know, an 83 pitch, 57 strike, his spots coming up in the lineup. Yeah, okay, fine. Pull the trigger. He was at 60 pitches, 42 for strikes. His spot was not coming up in the lineup. Now, I understand he had five right-handed hitters coming up. And there is some matchup to consider there. But what you do when you pull a pitcher who's going well, again, if he was struggling, it's a different story. But you have to adapt to the situation on the ground, and you can't point to, well, the data says, no, the data says, leave him in. He's better a third time through an order than any other time. That's who this pitcher is. So now you have a situation where you've pulled him, and you've lengthened the game for your bullpen. And as good as the Dodgers' bullpen is, asking essentially a group of seven, eight guys to get five innings done is a completely different dynamic than ask them to get three innings done. Now all of a sudden you've moved everything up and you've given yourself less margin for error so that when Ross Stripling comes in and walks the leadoff batter and you feel like you have to yank him, that's not happening in the seventh, that's happening in the sixth. If you lead Rich Hill even one more in and then you go around, he's due up the next time in the order, close game, you can go, hey, we'll go Maeda in the 6th, maybe put him into the 7th. You can match up Singrani, Watson, Stripling, however you want, 7th, possibly even into the 8th, and then depending on whether or not how things are going, potentially give Morrow a day off from back-to-back, and only ask Kenley Jansen to get 3 outs. By pulling Hill prematurely, you've moved everything up, and now all of a sudden, you're saying, we're going to have to go to Kenley Jansen, as good as he is, back-to-back days, ask him to get 6 outs, is not the is not a the optimal situation. And we saw that his stuff is down. Kenley Jansen sits ninety-four to ninety-six and touches a seven. Last night he was ninety-one, touching ninety-four, sitting ninety-two and three. The cut was not as was not as sharp. The location was definitely not as sharp. The ball he gave up to Marvin Gonzalez was center cut, and oh by the way, he got away with one to Carlos Bel- Beltran. Beltran missed that. That was another center cut pitch that could have gone a long way. To me I understand as good as your bullpen is, 
Part of what's made them so good is they've been able to use them efficiently, effectively, and never felt like you were overworking them. They've been smart about letting their starting pitchers go to the point they are, it's appropriate to let them go. To me, that set the table for everything. And all of a sudden now, you're throwing out Brandon Morrow and Canley Jansen on back-to-back days. Both of those are the guys who were charged with the runs they gave up. Then you have to go into Josh Fields in the 10th. Now look, Josh Fields had a really nice year. 278 ERA, 57 innings, 57 appearances. But that's not the guy they go to in high leverage situations. And we've seen that throughout the postseason. Right, no, they, they went to guy. him. They went to him because at that point they were out of bonds. They had they had used and if you, everyone the, the bulk of their guys in the pen. And pit. then you have to go to Brandon McCarthy, who's thrown nothing but sin games. Right, and, 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 and <laughs> I was happy that I was able to tweet that out before. So for for me, it's about putting your team in the optimal position to win. And given what we know about Rich Hill's success third time through an order, given that he was pitching extraordinarily efficiently, sixty pitches, forty two strikes, given his spot was not coming up in the order, you put your bullpen at a disadvantage and ask them to do more than you they you need to ask them to do especially considering it essentially was going to mean we're going to have to definitely now use more when Jansen back-to-back days, potentially ask both of them to get more than three outs. That takes a toll. So for me, that really set the tone for how the Astros were able to come back. And I do, again, I give the Astros here a tremendous amount of credit. You still have to put good swings on the ball. You still have to have good at-bats. You still have to make the most of your opportunities. And they did that. But I do feel like the Dodgers, for the first time in a, very long time over the course of the season. Management did not put their pitching staff in the best position to finish this game off effectively, and it started with the decision to pull Rich Hill after four instead of five. And Kenley Jansen, for all that he is a guy who's consistently got more than three outs, but went back and looked it up. 2014, 15, 16, 17, regular season, if, if, unless I'm counting it wrong, it is two two-inning appearances. Now, obviously, he's done a little bit more in the postseason, but asking two innings on the heels of throwing last night, you know, or the night before. Now we're talking, we're on, it's it's Thursday now, but throwing on Tuesday as well. You're right, that's asking more. The thing that jumps out to me is is that I think we talk about how the Dodgers plan these things out. I think that they looked at it. And going against Verlander, I think that they already had it, in essence, planned. Oh, I agree that they planned did, but it because, was the wrong plan. No, 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 no I'm not saying you're not. I'm not saying one way or another about whether it was the right or wrong plan. But I'm saying I do think that we should note that they saw it as how the Astros lined their lineup up against Rich Hill, that they thought, okay, we have six righties in a row. And notice, Maeda threw to the six righties. And as That's soon as he had faced those six... Four outs, bring in Watson. And the thing with that, that I, again, like, if you, they had planned it out that way, but the thing that's notable about that is is that I know Maeda is not pitching the same way that he would if he's starting, but at the same time, when you pulled Hill after four innings, if you said you were doing that and then you wanted Maeda to go for two and a third or whatever, that's well within his range of ability, but again, they were they very much looked at it. Whether the plan was right or wrong, the minute that they basically pulled Hill, they had kind of put themselves into the position of, 
Kenley Jansen's going to need to get somewhere between four and six outs. And, and, and that's where it ended up falling apart. And it, for me, it was also something where they gave them so little margin of error by having to give their bullpen that extra inning. Because you're right, bringing Kenta Maeda to face that group of righties in and of itself is not and a good decision. But, again, it's if he goes out and retires all six and he's through two innings, it's a different dynamic than inning and a third. Again, that really small room for error. As soon as Ross Stripling goes in and walks that leadoff batter, You've burned a reliever. Now you can argue whether or not they should have pulled him or let him stick in there. Generally speaking, when the reliever comes in and walks a leadoff hitter, it doesn't get better. So I understand the decision to take him out right after that. It's more about you've put so much, so little margin of error on your relievers now where they have to be perfectly efficient. And if there is a mistake somewhere, if Maeda retires four of his six rights instead of all six, if Ross Stripling walks his leadoff hitter, you have to burn through other relievers sooner. It moves the timeline right. up and puts more pressure and, on those guys at the back, which was unnecessary. But again, really what it comes down to is, is that they were comfortable with Kenley Jansen getting six outs. And he was he was in last night, which is very rare for him, but last night he was unable to do that. And that's, you know... And this is where, and this is where it goes. There's no question. Generally speaking, you're never going to doubt Kenley Jansen's ability. And, and the reality of it is, is that even in that outing, he, his stuff was down. At the same time, he was one pitch away from succeeding. Some of it, but again, is that it was in that second inning specifically. You know, that first thing, he comes in with a runner on second, you know, a chopper up the middle. That happens. Like, and he was sitting more 94 then. Mm-hmm. But once you got into that second inning, you saw it. the velocity was down. The location was not as sharp. The crispness and the break on his pitches was not as good. You started, that's fatigue. That is every sign of fatigue. And, you know, someone was talking about last night... They went in, they were patting Kenley Jansen on the back, giving him a hug. I do not hold Kenley Jansen responsible for that game at all. Obviously, yes, he didn't make the pitches he should, but I don't feel like he was put in the most optimal situation. And to me, that's where I go back and put it on the management and the coaching staff for their decision to pull Ritual early and the domino effect to start. And by the way, this is not hindsight. I promise you, you can. I don't have any Twitter proof of this, unfortunately, but... Asked my wife when she asked, why are they pulling him? I said, they're over-managing. A minute it happened. But the other thing that does stand out about this game is, is we talked about the balls. We've already talked about them yesterday on this. And, and I know the ball carries better at Dodger Stadium when it's hot, and it was hot. That being said, I can't argue. The funny thing is, is if, if baseball is letting the balls be juiced, I can't really argue that it did not lead to a compelling product last night because... It was not so, but at the same time, having having two run leads feel like okay. It's just going to be if I can get one on and swing. The, when, when Charlie Culberson, you're like, oh yeah, he took it deep. Okay, you know. I, and by the way, so it's interesting because I feel like it is cool, but I've also seen when it's gone crazy. Having my first job been covering high desert for as that being mm-hmm. for tears. When all of a sudden that, oh gosh, the five-run lead in the eighth isn't safe. Yeah, there's some excitement to it, but there's also a point where it just gets ridiculous and almost, I don't want to say not funny anymore, but it's like it, the, the ridiculousness of it supersedes But it did not. I was going to say, to, I, I think, to I think me, if, I don't know. If, if this keeps escalating, I could see a breaking point. It went, but now, look, this was an incredibly entertaining game last night. I think... You know, a lot of people were talking about it as one of the better game twos, you know, in their memory. Um, that's, oh, that's one of the better World Series games. Like, I mean, 
It was, yes. it was a high quality game. No your, your, your reality was is game two cannot have the same drama as like last year's game seven, where you know you are talking about a situation where, yes, any pitch is determining who wins a World Series. That said, to have comeback after comeback after comeback, and especially you know, Kike Hernandez, you know, poking that through the the hole with two outs, you know, the plays at the plate, that was a perfect slide by Logan Forsythe. One that was, was a great throw. Great. I, mean, I mean, every was, everything there was no part of that that didn't was not executed well. It was on both sides. It was incredibly, incredibly entertaining. You know, we talk about closers. Ken Giles coming in and, and coughing that up. That's got to. Uh, I mean, look, pitchers, relievers especially, are gonna have nights where. But Ken Giles has had a lot of nights. He's had a lot of nights this postseason. A little, a little concerning. And then, you know, Chris Davinsky came in and finished it off. We talked about last night how, hey, this was great. He finally came back. Then got a little dicey there at moments. So I, I, mean, well, I, he, I think know. if you're the Astros' bullpen, I don't know if you come out of that game necessarily feeling any better about it. But what you do come out feeling better about, the offense woke up. I mean, this has Absolutely. been an offense that away from Minute Maid Park, I almost said Enron Field, that's still in my head a little bit, away from Minute Maid Park, has been much less effective, particularly Jose Altuve. And George Springer breaking out of his slump in a huge way. I think if you're the Astros, you've got to feel great about the offense and how it, how it woke up. Woke up. You know, team perspective, player perspective, Springer going yard. I mean, if he's on, if the, the good George Springer is on, look out. Well, you know, you, you do... The other thing that, that came out of that, you know, we talked about the, the Astros' bullpen. They did get good innings... Uh, Will Harris Joe and Joe Musgrove, That's which huge. is very important for them because not that those guys are going to pitch every game from here on out for the rest of the but series. You get the feeling it's not just, oh, we've got Giles and maybe Davinsky and the rest is a toss-up. There's no question. It's and Brad Peacock, you know, you know, being used in uh, extensively. But, you know, we obviously we have a day off now, and so that means... I mean, one thing about it is, is every one of those relievers will be ready to go again, including Jansen, you know, in, in game three. But I do wonder now, like you look at it and you say, okay, we said, we, we talked about how vital that game was for the Astros because now, instead of it being something, because, I mean, it's, it's slight edges, but you do look at game three, game four, and you'd say pitching-wise, probably give a slight edge in both those games to the Dodgers. I mean, I, I maybe I'm saying slight. Maybe I'm, would you say slight? Would you say significant? I'd say normal. I wouldn't say it's enormous. I'd say it is, I, I wouldn't go slight either. I'd say it's more edge. But I think we can agree the Dodgers, you do give them the starting pitching edge. Yeah. It's just a matter of degree. Now, the interesting thing with that, though, is, is that when Alex Wood takes the mound, I wouldn't. He hasn't pitched in a while. I wouldn't be shocked if you know it may be four, you know, four or five innings again. Yeah. Would, like, as soon as he pitched, one, he's pitched once in a while. He didn't pitch the NLDS, mm-hmm. four and two thirds NLCS, and then with the way the World Series days off worked out, it's going to be at least ten, nine or ten days by the time he takes the mound. Um, that will be an interesting one, and that's where, you know, going now you're going to have three games in a row on the road. See how fresh the bullpen stays, and I think it, this is where it is going to be important now for the Dodgers to, if Darvish is rolling, let him go into the sixth. If you get first half Alex Wood, because second half Alex Wood was nowhere near as good as first half mm-hmm. Alex Wood, but if first half Alex Wood shows up, yes, let him go into the sixth, so that you're not throwing <laughs> out five, you're not having five. So they're hoping for first half Alex Wood, and the Astros are looking, looking for first half slash last outing Lance McCullers. Yes. 
um, you know, that's the situation now because all of a sudden if you start talking about we're getting into our bullpen now and using five, six relievers three games in a row. Well, you, after that's, also that getting, is... After also, you know, we're talking about the day off game too. It's a travel day. There is some, there is some factor in there as well. I mean... I think it's important now for the Dodgers because they use so many arms, you could argue unnecessarily, as I have last night. It's imp- it's imperative now that they at least get, again, six out of Darvish. I don't think they have to. I would I th- actually... I, th- I think it's a very... Because you're going to have... You know you're going game five. You're going to have three games in a row. Right, but game five. Start, if but you have to but start game with, five is Kershaw. It is. But again, it's about putting your situ- team in the best, you know, most optimal situation so that you're not relying on perfection. He was fantastic game one, but if you go if he goes out there and is okay, but not great, you would rather be able to say, okay, we have two or three fresh arms because Darvish and Wood gave us some length. Then okay, we're having to use these guys now for second time in three days, three, third time in five days. But the thing about it is though is that those guys, if they are being used third time in five days, they're using being used third time in five days, but they have also gotten more rest leading into this. Than they almost ever get during the regular season because they've because the Dodgers have blitzed through their playoff series so quickly that they're they've been pitching you know again I'm not saying but I'm just saying for the standpoint of if they have to throw Watson out there to get an, a batter or they have to throw no you're right if they have to go if they're back in there in the fourth but if, I'm not even, saying Darvish has to go eight but, but if he goes five even they're fine but that's that's kind of the line like I mean it's funny it is is with Rich Hill. It's kind of what you're saying. All they needed, if they'd have let Rich Hill go one more inning, then all that we're difference. all that we're talking about there changes dramatically. If it's one more inning, if he goes five, and you say Maeda for one, not even one and a third, but Maeda for one, you know Watson Stripling, you know okay, Mamoro for you know Singrani, and it's like okay, that gives you to the that gets you to there's four outs to go. Four out saves for Kenley Jansen are kind of, you know, par for the course. And even, you know, I, I feel better about the Dodgers even getting it to him. Just, hey, go get three outs. No no mm-hmm. problem. Start the ninth. We we got, we got can match up well enough here over two, three innings. But they made their the, call. But the other, the other interesting thing with that, and it ended up not being really the case, but the other part of, I think, why they went to Jansen early, which, again, fits into the whole planning it out, and it didn't work out. But they had to. But no, no. But not just they had to. But you know, you have because you'd have a choice. You could say Morrow goes a little longer, or you go where you go to Jansen. And the thing, the other thing about it though was, is that how the lineup lined up. They wanted Jansen against the heart of the lineup, and that meant getting him in. You know, in the uh, in in you know again, the Astros have a lineup that's very deep. But that was also I think part of the eight, and it almost worked. They didn't. But the guy who beat him was the seven-hole hitter. But again, that fits back to the Astros have, you know, and, and he well, did get that seven-hole hitter was also an all-star. Right, with, you know, he did get he did get through the heart of the Astros order, and then it was the guy. But again, that's where the Astros. Again, I'm just saying I, I'm not. None of this is disagreeing with right. what you're saying, but I'm just pointing out they. I there was what I'm saying though is is you may be right. I see though. There was very much a logic to what they were thinking, and the reality of it is, is that Marwin Gonzalez, you know, which again is the batter in some ways, who 
can, as they, as John Smoltz and all rightly pointed out during the broadcast, you know, he is a batter who can do more damage against Jansen. You much rather, if you're the Astros, it's, you know, it's those lefty bats who they came up in the ninth that actually are, are more likely to do damage against Jansen than, you know, than, than any right-handed hitter. But at the same time, I mean, that's where the reality of just how the outs landed. I do wonder if the, if the bottom of the eighth had been seven, eight, nine, you know, coming up for the Astros, would the Dodgers have treated differently than they did because they had Bregman, Altuve, Correa, and all coming up? And part of it goes back to you talk about seven, eight, nine, but part of it goes back to again, once it's Jansen's sec- second inning of mm-hmm. work, the dynamic changes. Again, second inning on back to back days, you saw the stuff was not as right, freaking but, over it. So for but, me, but, but, but at the same time, we also could have been talking about if they didn't use Jansen in that. And Bregman, Altuve, Correa, you know, end up doing something against Morrow or Fields or whoever, and we'd be saying, you know, we again, we could be, we could be talking in an alternate universe of how, you know, do we have, <laughs> do we have someone, you know, do, well, you know, they didn't use their best pitcher against the heart of the Astros lineup. The problem you had with that is, is again, in the world we live in now, you weren't going to use Jansen in the eighth to get through the heart of the lineup and then say, well, we're down to the bottom of the lineup. Actually, we can use our lefties here, pull Jansen and bring in the lefties to match up. And again, for me, it's a situation where you talk about putting yourself, you know, optimal position, right? Giving yourself that option to say, okay, we want to do this as opposed to crud, we're out of pitchers. We have to do this. And for me, that's where it comes in. Giving yourself the options and putting yourself in that. Again, I go back to, could they have pulled that game out? Could Kenley Jansen have? Yeah, sure. But it was not the optimal situation to put themselves in. Now as we move forward, we got this day off, game mm-hmm. three. You know, it's a series. And one of the things that That's a great is series. the Astros now have home field advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a best of five. The Astros have three of those at home. It'll be interesting to see. You know, the Dodgers, obviously, this was a this is a gut punch loss. And this is a huge momentum turn, you know, win for the Astros. Be interesting just to see what the energy level is like in Game Three, how quickly the Dodgers can shake this off, and how quickly the Astros can maintain it. I think a lot of that's going to have to do with how those starting pitchers go out. Darvish comes out pumping like his like he was, you know, earlier this postseason. They're in great shape. If he starts and it's a little bit of a struggle like it was at times uh, shortly after the Dodgers acquired him. I think that's going to really set the tone, and I would by no means say, oh, the Astros have turned this series and seized the momentum, and that's that. Not in any way, shape, or form, Uh, but I do think it will be important for Darvish to come out and kind of, you know, carry the Dodgers a little bit there early on. Yeah, it will be very interesting to see. We will will not be back tomorrow uh, for a podcast because... uh, the game will not have been played. And I will be in Houston. Yeah. I am heading out. You're heading I'll out. Be, so. I'll be at games three, four, and five. So uh, covering it here for Baseball America. So that'll be, so we'll be, be doing fun. it. We'll be, we will be doing it on Monday. We will be doing it basically from afar. You, I'll be, we'll be doing it. But Kyle will be uh, calling in to do this. Yeah. So, you know, but he'll also have a lot from, you know, from obviously from Houston. We do thank you again for tuning in. We do want to uh, remind you that this podcast was brought to you by Baseballism. Don't forget to shop now at Baseballism.com and enter the offer code BASHIP to receive free shipping on your order. Visit Baseballism.com to shop for hats, shirts, and more today. 
For Kyle, I'm JJ, and we look forward to enjoying this World Series with you, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.